Adelante Leadership Podcast welcomes you. Bienvenidos to Adelante Leadership Season 3. It's my honor to work with my co-host, Peter Black Garcia. And I'm honored to work with my co-host, Tanya Hino. We're excited to be your co-host on these pláticas and conversations. In this season, we will have conversations with elders of Latine communities and with Latine youth leaders to learn how we all can weave our ancestors' knowledge together. Many leaders that we have interviewed in the past seasons of, of Adelante Leadership strongly believe that by weaving elder knowledge with youth knowledge, we will become a wiser Latine community. And Peter and I couldn't agree more. Let us learn from our elders and from our youth knowledge. Good morning, Peter. <laughs> Buenos dias, Tanya. We are trying something new and something old. It's really hard when we call it all in you. And we, mm -hmm. we have such a bad reputation of all that people don't want to call it all. But I think it's the different years of knowledge. So we decided to mm -hmm. interview our moms so that we can practice and model and what we learned from our mother. So we interview our moms. What did you learn from you interviewing your mother? I learned a couple different things. Some of it was sort of confirming some things that I thought I knew before. And some of it was maybe helping me become more consciously aware of how our elders sometimes teach us things that we carry forward on an unconscious level or even things that maybe were not explicitly spoken. Mm -hmm. It was more the modeling that, that I realized how much of what she talked about, even from her parents, my grandparents, who uh, my grandfather had passed away before I was born, but I had met my grandmother a few times when I was young before she passed. And, and when my mom talked about what she learned from them, it was also modeling. Mm -hmm. It was also, you know, I asked my mom, what do you remember her, them specifically saying? Any, any particular lessons that they, you recall them saying things to you about these values or what's important to uh, carry forward in this life? And my mom was like, well, I don't remember them saying anything, but she did talk about like the role model that my grandmother was to her and her sisters being a very strong, perseverant woman through difficult times mm. and challenges. And perseverance was one of them. But I also realized that that I caught my attention that I need to follow up with my mom about and find out more because she had never mentioned this to me before, which was, so my grandfather, she said, had a bullet still lodged in his leg from when he was involved in the revolution. Mm -hmm. And uh, it struck me like, I don't remember her ever talking about him being in the revolution. And secondly, I thought, hmm, I wonder mm -hmm. if that's where I get a little bit of my revolutionary spirit from <laughs> right yeah uh -huh, like uh -huh. I, I never knew that um <laughs> i think also there was a couple other things that she talked about that i thought were some of them were the values mm -hmm. i think you know, these values were passed on through modeling even if they weren't said explicitly and one of them i i started to suspect had come through the family 
before even interviewing my mom, which was honesty. Mm. Very, very uh, high level of honesty and personal integrity about being an honest person. Mm -hmm. I, I started hearing some of that come through when I had been talking with some of my aunts and uncles, mm -hmm. uh, my mom's siblings, when I would go and visit. Mm -hmm. uh, I was starting to interview some of her siblings a few years ago on their stories. Mm -hmm. uh, I was really struck by that being a honesty, being a very common theme, being trustworthy. Um, the other thing that caught my attention more towards the end of when I was interviewing my mom, like, so she, she only had a sixth grade education before mm -hmm. her, um, she had to start working. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when she came to the United States and she mentioned, you know, settling in Yakima and developing her career in the nutrition uh, sort of alternative medicine space, she was constantly learning, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. learning and reading and constantly learning more or about that field uh, her whole life. And I mm -hmm. think that was another, a lifelong learning value was mm -hmm. something that, that she's passed on to me as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think the other one that I thought was interesting, but maybe one that I'm still needing to learn more on mm -hmm. is how to live a good life. Like mm. she, her, her mom modeling for her the importance of, of having fun, enjoying life, even though there's been challenges and hard times in the family, mm. uh, that, that still finding ways to, to enjoy life. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's one that we are called for, mm -hmm. especially in leadership, but mm -hmm. yet it's one that I often forget. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Right? Yeah. An important one. Have lots of, uh, knowledge that you notice that you practice as a leader yourself that you're taking from your mom's knowledge you mentioned a lot of them but you are saying that kind of you wish to to put in practice more the the fun and the enjoyment of life uh, what is one one practice that you think that you Besides the re revolutionary piece that you take, that you think you take from your mom's knowledge that she modeled, that you do in your leadership now. You know, one of them in particular, she talked about towards the end of the interview, because my mom's turning 90. So she's, you know, at an age where she's been looking back at her life and, and that sort of thing. And she talked about the importance to help others if you can and to serve others. And I thought, huh, because I often, especially when I started learning about leadership, I really struggled with the traditional social constructed concept of leadership being the person at the top of the hierarchy or the person with the power. When, as we know now, <laughs> that that leadership is not that that's positional authority or positional mm -hmm. power, but leadership is, is these actions mm -hmm. and it's about empowering others. And that was the part that really, once I started learning about leadership was to be in service to others that I felt more comfortable in leadership to myself. Wow. Once you had this interview with your mom, you think you took some 
knowledge that she modeled or that she practiced uh, for granted? Yes, I think actually a couple of those things in particular, as kids that you're trying to get away with things or you're, honestly, I remember her being very explicit as a child growing up about the importance of honesty. But I think the the things that I think I took for granted that were coming through this family line were in service to others and lifelong learning. I think those two in particular, I, I just didn't attribute those to her modeling mm. or, but now that she identified them and I was like, oh, right, mm. maybe mm. that is where some of this comes from. So yeah, mm. I think a couple of those things, uh, one, another one was like being a good example Mm -hmm. Uh, she mentioned and that's sort of the intent I think Tanya of what why we're exploring this very question in season three with other guests about what kind of elder or ancestor leader do you want to be right exactly what did we learn what do we want to continue what do we want to leave behind Um, and and a lot of that I guess the very fact that there is things that I think this question highlights, Tanya, is, yeah, our elders do teach us things at an unconscious level. Yes, yes. Realize it or not. Yes, yes. But that by becoming conscious of it, we can then decide which are the ones that are good that we want to carry forward and which are the ones we want to leave behind. Yes, I feel like that's the interviews with our moms. Reminds me of the Fifth Agreement, the book that we read, The Fifth Agreement, Totec Wisdom by Don Miguel Ruiz and Don Jose Ruiz. And the Fifth Agreement that they added to the Fourth Agreement was be skeptical, but learn to listen. Again, be skeptical, but learn to listen. This is why we're doing season three on older knowledge and youth knowledge. So in critically thinking, and listening to our elders and the youth, and in this case, our moms, we critically think what knowledge makes us feel good about ourselves and society that we want to pass on, and what knowledge we don't want to continue passing on. Toxic knowledge that was taught for many generations that we want to stop the vicious cycle that is not good for our next generation and our society. What is true to us? What's real? It's almost like we have to investigate more. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. working out for us. It's not working out for for the society. What do you think about that? One of the things that, that did surface for me in talking to my mom and reflecting with her was her her faith in God and her concept of God, which even though, so she grew up Catholic, I was probably the last of my siblings who were baptized Catholic before she stopped attending the Catholic church. And then she moved to a Protestant denomination. It was very conservative. And once I, and so I grew up in that and had was taught all those very conservative interpretations of the Bible and the stories. Mm -hmm. And as an adult, then I, I, I I had to overcome a lot of what I felt was very oppressive from that Mm -hmm. religious doctrine. Mm -hmm. And, I have shifted my concept of a higher power to something much less traditionally defined by religions. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and there was one point where she mentioned her faith in God and, and that sort of thing. She also mentioned, she didn't say it this way, but it was sort of like 
the environment, the universe is all part of God's creation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is a little bit more aligned with maybe my thinking of a higher power. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, I have definitely left behind some of the traditional religious teachings, but I think a, a through line continuing to think about or reflect on moving forward is how there, if there is a higher power, mm -hmm. how does that guide the universe? How does that, it, I don't believe in it being the direct influence, but mm -hmm. that there is some power in life mm -hmm. and in, in general. Mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. And, and maybe there's a positive source, which leads me to also think about the power of love, that, that mm -hmm. the environment uh, are very strong and all are wanting us to move in positive directions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the traumas, leave the traumas behind that get in our way, but also think about making the world a better mm -hmm. place. Yeah. And how do you think she passed on her knowledge to you? I think when I was young, when I was like before my teenage years, I think there were times when she was instructive, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. corrective. If I was, mm -hmm. if I was lying about something, mm -hmm. she would correct me and, you know, mm -hmm. talk about the importance of being honest. And then in the teenage years, I think it was more just modeling without mm -hmm. saying things explicitly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Interesting. What is your advice to our listeners in listening to their elders after you listening to your mom? My advice is to interview your parents and your grandparents. There's real value, whatever stage or age we are in our own journeys, to reflect and think about the very question that why we're doing this of becoming more consciously aware of what are the things that I have been passed to me that I want to carry forward that are serving my leadership practice well, and the, what are those that I want to leave behind. Mm -hmm. I think that and the power of the story from the family line, yeah. where do I come from? Yeah. Who do I come from? Right? I think there's something that's always, no matter what stage of life we are in, is that helps to strengthen our, our identity mm -hmm. based on the story of where we're from. Yeah. It's so I powerful. Think, right? It's and so I powerful. I think there's some research around this now that is around the, the health benefits for the understanding your identity and being proud in your identity. Yeah. So that's another reason to to ask our elders, if yeah. you never interviewed them before, or you don't even have to interview them in a formal way, but just even asking them some of those questions about that we're talking about with our other guests yeah. uh, that help us to become more conscious of this and aware not to take it for granted, mm -hmm. empower us both with our own resolve in, our, in who we are, but then also empower us to make the decisions more consciously about what's not serving us exactly and just it's like seeing our own identity and by negating our ancestors and our negating our our elders we negate some parts of us and we have the choice of choosing too was the pieces we want to take on but accepting who they are but we make a choice what we want to take on with us and to the next generation right right but whereas prior to this interview I took some of this for granted mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. it was maybe at an unconscious level. And it wasn't until having to 
think about, do the interview, have you asked me these questions that it became conscious that I could choose? I yeah. could, oh, these are some of the positive things that have been passed to me. And, you know, had I not done that, I wouldn't have been able to go, oh, yes, that's what I want to carry forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's so wonderful. We're so privileged, Peter, that we are able to do this while our moms are alive, because it's easier to ask them while they're alive than to be questioning relatives, because everybody takes their interpretation differently, right? And so it's so great that we have the privilege to make our own interpretation of our mom's knowledge. Yes. yes. Thank you, Peter. Thanks, Tanya. And here is Peter's interview with his mom. Enjoy. Who are you and what's your story? I am Alicia Stevens Garcia, and my story is a long one because I am 90 years old now, almost. And it started in uh, the city of Morelia, in the state of Michoacan, when I was born and lived in Mexico City for many years after that. I was married, 23 years old, moved to Alaska, a totally different way of life of what I grew up in. And I had four boys and four girls. We moved to Yakima in 1978, and it made my life in here. Moved here with five of my children, and they started going to school, and I got a job working for a health store. I became a manager eventually, and and that turned to be my career. Worked for them for 30 years. I learned a lot of things, learned a lot about the nutrition side of what we were selling, vitamins and and other things, and it served me well through the years. I tried to learn about every product that that was sold so we could, in turn, relate it to customers and help them. When I was working, I wasn't involved with any activities to speak of other than going to church. But after I retired, I started joining different groups of, uh, you know, associations. I had uh, a member of the Red Hat Society for a while. The, the group that you're still active with, what's it called? You're still on the, the board, aren't you? Yakima Morelia Sister Cities Association. And I became a member of of that association. Eventually, I wound up being part of the board of the directors, which I am still. I am very active with the church. I was elected to be a deacon. I am in a group for prayers. And right now, I am busy working with some quilts. That is my passion, to make quilts. What are some of your key values? My key values is be a good example, most of all to my family. Be honest and dedicated and just live according to my my values. Mm-hmm. Why are these values important to you? They represent me, my life, the knowledge that I have of God. And because of that, I tried to live with good value system because of the teachings of God that are in the Bible. I am made with the belief that God is 
on my side and that he has seen me through the years, through whatever was going on in my life. And that is who I am, a person that believes in God and depends on him. I have lived a good life, up and downs. Sometimes it was good, sometimes it wasn't so good, but I made it through the years. And by the grace of God, I am at this age now that I can believe, actually, that I made it to this 89 years old because my mom and dad died much younger than I am now. My dad, I think it was 55 years old when he died, and my mom, 75. So I kind of felt that maybe that was it for me too, because they had health problems and I probably inherited those. But I think I have been blessed with a good, good health, basically. And that's what I am being able to make it for the years, because I try to take good care of myself. What are some things that you think you learned from your ancestors? From my ancestors, like my mom, a very strong woman. She was a good example, a strong woman. She dealt with a lot of problems through her marriage, but she came out on top of that. She went up after many years of marriage. She went up getting a job with the Marines. And because of her example, I think, most of my sisters and I were strong to live a life with the strength. What does that mean to you, living a life with strength? There are times that you want to give up because of that belief. You don't give up. You have that strength to keep you going. Anything from your grandparents that you think you might have learned? Uh, my grandmother died when I was two years old. Oh, uh-huh. My grandfather, yes, I remember him. Never got a license to be a lawyer, but he lost the law. He spent a lot of time in researching the laws. He wasn't working, but mm-hmm. that I remember. That was all he did. And I just go through the law books, and he would spend hours doing that. Anything from your father that you think you might have learned? Honesty, and he was a gentleman. In what way? He respected others. Yeah, he was well thought by the neighbors because he always was very gentleman-like to salute mm-hmm. the people that he saw. With these key values and things, were there any particular memories of the things that they said to you about the importance of these things? No, not really. My father hardly talked to us about his life. The only thing I remember him talking a little bit about the revolution and how he got a bullet in his leg and is still there. Is that he right? He it all his life. He will put a bandage on his leg every day uh, because they told him that he needed to do that so the bullet would not move. I have no idea why they wouldn't take it out. But he won't talk about his life growing up and stuff like that. My mom was the one that would talk about what she learned from my dad's siblings. Yeah. Like uh, his father, he never knew him. And his mother, I don't know. I think he was just a baby when she died because he wound up being raised by his brother. Mm-hmm. And my mom talked a lot about her life, her childhood, mm-hmm. her growing up about how she grew up in, in a ranch with grandparents and all aunts 
around her and swear about her age and was involved with the family situation a lot. What do you mean by that? that she would talk about a good life. What are things that she would say when she would talk about a good life? And what did that oh, mean? Participating, you know, with each other and growing up and doing things like girls would, you know, and they were very sheltered and they would sneak into one room to open the window to talk with some boy that was trying to talk with some one uh-huh. of them. And so one day uh, the stepmother caught him and she closed the window and told the kid to leave. And But according to my mom, she was very young too. And sometimes she would let them do things that their father won't. Do you recall any particular advice that she told you about living a good life? No. Uh, my dad was the one that taught us uh, social graces, like how to eat, you don't slurp. Sitting at the table, we were not supposed to talk, how to use the utensils. But my mom was different. She loved to be happy and sing and dance, and she taught us to do that when we were small. Yeah. What do you think, if any of those values that you hold were inherited from your ancestors? I think so. My my father was a very honest man. He had his problems, but he was a very honest man. He tried to work, you know, because of his addiction. He wasn't able to keep a job all the time. And my mom, you know, she taught us well. She instilled on us to do good and to believe that there is a higher power that controls everything, and and we are part of this creation. One of the other things that you mentioned was when your mom got a job, right? She got a job for the Navy, I think it was? Yes. Yes. And how old were you when she started working? Let me think. I must have been about 20 years old. Around what year was that? So that was 1953, maybe. What was it like for your mom to, at that time in Mexico City, to be a working woman? It was a lot of women working by then. It wasn't something that was strange anymore. This job that she had was from a recommendation for President Cardenas, and it was written by him. He wrote it by him. It was an apprentice or type message to the commander of the Navy for my mom to have this letter and take it to him. And that's how she got the job. She loved it. It wasn't easy because I think she had to take a bus and maybe even transfer to another bus. We lived in an area that is called Tacubaya. And the offices where she was working were right in the center of Mexico. So so she had to travel a, a little ways by bus. And, and then uh, getting off the bus, uh, she had to cross a very big, busy avenue. By that time, uh, she was uh, experiencing manure, you know, it's a dizzy spells. And that was very touchy for her to cross that, that busy street. But she made it anyway. She just loved the job. And people love her. She was really good about being friendly and treating people with respect and love. And uh, some of the younger Marines started getting to like her. And uh, there was a group that formed a singer, a singing group. And 
with the Marines in there, and they would serenade her on Mother's Day. I was there one year with her, and she says, just wait, they're going to call me in and start seeing it real early in the morning. <laughs> and they did. Apparently, they took her almost part of their family to them. And she was working there until she had a stroke. That's what took her. I'm sure it wasn't easy through the years, you know, getting older. She had arthritis really bad. And because of that, I think the courageous way that she represented herself all the time, I think that gave us strength, my mm. sister and me, to mm. be more or less like that. Of those things that you've learned and your values, which of those things are important to you to carry forward or to pass on to your own kids or younger other people? To do good and by doing good, I mean, just don't don't get in situations where be harmful and think twice before you do anything that harm somebody and yourself. And to me, the most important thing is to have the knowledge of God that it is mm -hmm. very important. That's basically what I would say to somebody. I haven't said that to my family, afraid of rejection, I think. But that, that would be something that would be very important to me. Looking back over your life and your experience, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you were young? Not to make decisions without knowing exactly what I was doing. What do you mean? Well, I made the decision to marry your dad and wound up in Alaska all by myself. You know, think before you make any big decisions. That was a big one. And maybe I didn't really think it through. And just living in Alaska, I decided that it was what I had chosen and I had to make the best of it. What advice do you have to our younger generation about how to become a good ancestor? The same thing. Do good. Think things through. If you have the chance to help others, do it. And never think that you are better than anybody else. When did you learn those last two points that you just made? I don't really know. It just came to my head right now that I have yeah. done some of that. Because I think there's sort of a Mexican cultural value around that of the, you know, certain words in Spanish of, you know, it's bad to be egotistical, not to think too much of yourself, you know, yeah. not to have too much pride. And I, I can't remember some of the phrases, but it seems to me like that's a cultural thing, which also made me wonder if it was anything explicit or intentional that your parents passed to you. Possibly, because both of them were that way. Anything else you want to share that I haven't asked you? I, I hope that my family sees the person that I am. And I just know that I love all my family, children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Wait, there's great-grandchildren? Yes. Holy crap. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> when did that happen? <laughs> yeah. Let's so, not Yeah. And that's it. Okay. And they know that I love them very much. Muchas gracias por escuchar Adelante leadership podcast. I hope you enjoyed Peter's interview with his mom. Until next time. We welcome your comments on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Apple. For more resources and information, visit our website at www.adelanteleadership.com. We invite you to reflect on an elder or ancestor that had an impact in your life. And we invite you to think of a youth that changed your way of thinking for the better. Muchas gracias por escuchar Adelante Leadership Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and stepping into your Latin leadership.